Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We have special guest Pastor Benny Viswasan sharing God's word with us today from the life of Nathaniel. He reminds us that no matter where we are, Jesus has a plan for our lives and we are not forgotten. We hope that you will open your heart to God and his precious word for you today. Praise the Lord, we are Zion Church. It is a huge honor and a blessing for me to be here joining you virtually today. Uh, on this Sunday morning and uh, bringing God's word. Uh, it is truly a joy. I stand here with a grateful heart that God has given me this opportunity. Uh, I thank God uh, for bringing me to you uh, in, in speaking to you. Uh, and I also thank uh, your pastors uh, in, in giving me this opportunity and inviting me. Uh, we go way back in the uh, relationship uh, and friendship has uh, grown over the last decade. Uh, they've uh, been a huge support and a blessing since uh, I was a 17-year-old kid uh, starting off my uh, Bible college days, uh, and um, they've been a huge support until today. So I'm, I'm really glad that uh, I'm also uh, going to be in partners with them uh, in furthering the kingdom of God through this. Uh, and um, I'm sure that they are wonderful leaders and in, uh, in bringing God's word to every one of you and uh, in leading you in whatever God has in store for your life. Well, even today, um, before we go into the word of God, let's uh, bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful time. Uh, thank you for bringing us together virtually in, um, in praising and worshiping you and in meditating on your word and your goodness. Uh, each day we are more thankful and we are more in realization of how much your grace has led us and how much your grace has carried us, oh Father. Even today, uh, we thank you for giving us a wonderful time of worship where we experienced your presence. And even now, uh, as we go into the word of God, may your rhema word come to life. And uh, speak to us. And uh, everyone listening today, I pray that their hearts are prepared for what you have in store for them, oh Jesus. Bring a timely word. Bring a right word that our life is in need of. We thank you and we praise you right now. We confess that we have our ears and our hearts open in receiving your word that you have given us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to uh, John chapter 1, verses 45 and 46. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathanael says in verse 46, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Uh, over the last few years even, um, People have asked a lot of questions. Why this? Why that? How can this be? Where is this going? When is this going to end? There are a lot of questions that is that has filled our lives and our minds. And I think this question that Nathaniel asks here was a prevalent question in my life and also in a lot of other believers' life. Can anything good come out of this? And that's the title of my sermon today, Can Anything Good Come Out of This? And I'm here to tell you that maybe you had that question in your life. Uh, and we're going to see the life of Nathaniel and how that question was answered in a very different and unique way where his life was altered after his, his encounter 
with Jesus. And if you have such questions in your life, I, I pray that God speaks to you that your encounter with Jesus today is going to alter your future. I see here Nathaniel asks a similar question. What answer did he get? How did things change after this in his life? Let us see together. It is important to note, um, I'm going to give you a little Bible study here, right? Uh, so since I'm a Bible college student first, so I'm going I'm to share something with you. Uh, Mark, uh, Matthew, and Luke, the first three Gospels, they're called the Synoptic Gospels. Uh, and the reason they're called that is uh, they present the life and teachings of Jesus in a very similar perspective. They don't all write the same, but they present uh, a lot of similar perspectives of what Jesus did when he was on this earth. And they also share a lot of the same uh, miracles and the incidents that took place in Jesus' life. But it is important to note that the Gospel of John, however, has a different perspective on Jesus' life. John includes a lot of details that no other Gospel writer mentions. And he also omits and leaves out a lot of details that all three have written. So it's fair to say John has a really unique take and perspective on the life, teaching, and ministry of Jesus Christ. One such instance is this that we see in John chapter 1. Uh, I want to share with you a little background of what happens in this chapter before we get into uh, Nathaniel's life and his interaction with Jesus, right? Uh, John chapter 1 begins with one of the most profound introductions to any piece of literature. John talks about Jesus being the word, Jesus being the word of God who was sent to bring salvation and redemption. Uh, the other gospel writers start from how Jesus was a man and then they show him as God. But John, he starts with Jesus being divine, Jesus being God and above everything that we know on earth. And he starts from there. So that's how the first uh, chapter here begins. And then as we read further down the chapter, we see the life, ministry, and testimony of John the Baptist. Other Gospels uh, write this in different ways. They begin in different ways. Even the calling of the disciples of Jesus is mentioned differently in the book uh, of John, in the Gospel of John. When we come down to verses 35 and 39 of the first chapter, John records the calling of the first disciples of Jesus. We see that John the Baptist had two disciples uh, one was Andrew and the second one remains unnamed in this chapter. John says this about Jesus. He says, behold, the Lamb of God. And when he says that, uh, they ask Jesus where he lives. And Jesus tells them, come and see. In verse 39, we see Jesus asking these disciples, come and see. And then Jesus calls Andrew and Andrew brings Simon to Jesus. And then there, uh, in verse 43, I see uh, a different, uh, a very simple calling that Philip receives. So this was Philip's call. You know what is, how his call went? Jesus said, come follow me. And that was as simple as his calling get. A lot of times, in, even in my life, in our lives, we uh, confuse a lot of things and we complicate how God calls us and what our calling in our lives are. But I'm here to tell you that God often brings calling in our life in very simplest of ways. All we need to know is to hear the word of the Lord. And when you do that, even if, if uh, some of you who are listening to this are thinking about uh, or confused about how God has called you and what the call of God uh, that is on your life is, I'm here to encourage you, get to know the word of God, get to listening to the word of God through your pastors, to the word of God through prayer, and your calling is going to be evident and simple right before you. And just like Jesus said, said to Philip, follow me. God is asking you just to follow him and your call 
is going to be made firm in Jesus. Philip, uh, as he was called, being the good friend that he, he is, shares this wonderful news with Nathaniel. And then we come to uh, the verse that we read. Nathaniel asks this question, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So here are certain, uh, a few ways that his response is conceived by, by scholars, right? Uh, so scholars see Nathaniel uh, asking this question for various reasons. First is that Nathaniel was a cautious and a discerning man. They believe that he did not just believe everything he heard. He carefully asked questions and evaluated before he was able to receive and believe. Uh, as I was leading my youth and preaching to them, I was telling them this one thing. Just because you saw a sermon on YouTube, it does not mean it's your theology. Saying amen with me, right? A lot of times, just because something sounds different does not mean it's profound. Amen? A lot of times, we, when we hear things that are are different and just out there, we need to come back to the Word of God. What does the Word of God say about this? And also talk to your spiritual mentors, talk to your pastors. And that's how you know the will of God and the right doctrinal the line that you need to be taking. So here we see Nathaniel being a wise, a, a cautious and a discerning man where he's not just believing everything Philip was saying, but he's asking the right questions in order to in order for the truth to be revealed. That's the reason number one for his response. Reason number two is that he was a wise man. Nathaniel was filled with wisdom. The Old Testament prophecies that Philip had mentioned, they do not talk about Nazareth in any of the prophecies. Hence, Nathaniel remarks, if anything as, as good as the Messiah can come out of Nazareth, Philip says uh, the, the prophecies of the Old Testament and the laws of Moses have mentioned this, but, uh, but Nathaniel knew what the prophecies and what Moses' law were talking about. So he was able to question these things saying, hey, something is not right. So he was, he was using wisdom. And I pray that when we uh, receive some information, we are living in a time where uh, information is abundant everywhere. And misinformation is more abundant, I feel like. So it is right for us to question the right things and to use the divine wisdom that God has given us, the, the spirit of discernment that God has given us before we take something into heart. And the final reason of Nathaniel's response can be, from what Nathaniel had already known, nothing great has come out of Nazareth. So it was just a question of him uh, being uh, surprised that something as good as the Messiah is coming out of Naz Nazareth. So what started off, what it seems to be a sarcastic question in Nathaniel's life, ended up taking him to an interaction with Jesus, which in turn altered Nathaniel's life and his future. And I'm praying that maybe a lot of things are, are standing against you, a lot of opportunities, a lot of things concerning your future, your family, that you are asking the question, can anything good come out of this? Can anything good come out of my past? Can anything good come out of the background that I'm from? Can anything good come out of the decisions that I've already made? I'm here to tell you that uh, Having those questions is not wrong. A lot of times we're told you cannot question anything, you can't doubt anything, but I'm here to tell you that it is okay to question certain things. But here's what is, it is important for us to remember, that these questions should lead us to Jesus, amen? Just like in Nathaniel's situation, his questions led him straight to Jesus. Our questions should not lead us away from God, but lead us to God. So when those questions lead us to an encounter with God, 
just like in Nathaniel's life, I believe that we are going to receive some answers. And that encounter with Jesus in your life is going to bring some answers that you have not expected, are going to bring some answers that you have needed to hear. And that's going to edify your family, your life, and also secure the future and the will that God has had for your life. Here, he has the answer. I'm here to tell you that Jesus has the answer to anything that you're looking for. Jesus has the answer to all your questions. Jesus has answer to all the doubts that you might have. Jesus has the answer to even questions you do not know that you have. And to every situation, I tell you, take those questions, take those doubts and those uncertainties to Jesus. And he is able to bring an answer and change your life. What did this interaction with Jesus do to Nathaniel? Let us see a few things. Let us read John chapter 1, verses 47 and 48. Here's what it says. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. Verse 48. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? How do you know me? The first thing I want to tell you, what Nathanael received from this encounter with Jesus was that the knowledge that Jesus knew him. The first thing, if you're writing this down, Jesus knew. The, the verse begins, Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and he said, in, he gives a, a testimony, a, a good report about Nathanael. And Nathanael says, how do you know me? In, in, in a, a sense of surprise, but he, that he was in awe of the fact that Jesus knew him. I'm here to tell you that no matter what you might think of yourself or how much you have separated yourself from God, I'm here to tell you that God knows you. He knows the situation you're in. He knows your background. He knows the desires of your heart and he still loves you. Nathaniel here is in awe of the fact that Jesus knows him. Jesus here gave him a wonderful compliment or a report or a testimony about him. Uh, about his character, actually. The sense is that there was nothing tricky, nothing deceptive in Nathaniel. He did not have a mask. A lot of time we see people when they approach uh, their religious leaders, their, their pastors, they, they put on this facade. I'm a pastor's kid, so I know what to do right away. When, when I'm talking to church people, I, I say the right words. In, uh, when we speak in Tamil, anything people ask, I say, Kirba, it's just by the grace. I, it has nothing to do with the question that they asked me, but I know I put on, put on something and I say the right things. A lot of times people say the right things, but not necessarily what they actually mean or what is inside them. But Jesus here clears that thing saying, this person, this Nathaniel, in him there is no deceit. The word deceit, uh, this last word is used in early Greek writers as a bait. So just as a fisherman, he cast that bait to get something, right? So that's what this word is used for. It, it uh, used to signify any cunning uh, approach for deceiving or catching. So what Jesus is trying to establish here is that Nathaniel is of um, a man of uh, a solid character and is not with deceiving anyone. Um, we see in Psalm 32 verse 2, he is a proper Israelite, a type of man pronounced blessed by the psalmist, the man in whose spirit is no deception or no guile. So Jesus is, a, is giving a testimony about the character of Nathaniel because Jesus knew Nathaniel. This is a testimony about Nathaniel's character and his identity. So that's what I want to talk to you about. When Jesus said to Nathaniel, I know you, 
when Jesus knew Nathaniel, he knew the identity that Nathaniel carried. Identity is something that defines who a person is. From what he said about Nazareth, the way uh, uh, Nathaniel spoke about Nazareth, it is fair uh, for us to assume that his identity was rooted heavily on where he was from, which was Bethsaida. Uh, Philip and uh, Nathaniel, they were friends from Bethsaida. So he had a sense of pride and identity in affiliating himself to where he was from. A lot of times we have the same uh, idea. We know the background we're from. We know the place that we're from, we, the, 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 uh, the, the place that we grew up in. So we oftentimes associate and affiliate our identity to where we're from, just like uh, Nathaniel does in this instance. In scripture, one of the first things that happens when someone's life is transformed is a change in their identity and a change in the name that God has given them. Abram was changed to Abraham in order to see the promises of God fulfilled. And Jacob was changed to Israel in order to inherit the blessings that God had for him. When identity changes, I believe the mindset and the thinking of a person changes. When thoughts change, actions follow. In my life, as I mentioned before, uh, I was always a pastor's kid. I'm still a pastor's kid. Uh, my dad, uh, Pastor Viswasam, he's a pastor. And his dad, Pastor Stephen, uh, who passed away in 97, 1997, he was also a pastor. So I grew up uh, in a, surely a, definitely a pastor's family, right? Um, this church uh, that I'm a pastor, uh, I'm the associate pastor of uh, Apostolic Christian Assembly, Faith Apostolic Christian Assembly, uh, was um, established in 1969 by my grandfather, Pastor Stephen. And uh, so we've been a ministry for a little over 50 years now by the, by the grace of God. Uh, so with that comes a lot of challenges. And it also has a lot of blessings, and I'm, I thank God for that. But I had to face the reality in, in facing some of the challenges that comes with it. Uh, when I was 17, my dad made me preach my first sermon in youth, right? In the, in the youth service. I had all my notes ready for a 20 minute sermon and I went through my notes in six and a half minutes. So that's how my, uh, preaching journey began. So during those times, uh, my identity was rooted in the fact that I was a pastor's kid, which meant that my mindset and my intention in ministry was to impress those who were in church. So a lot of my actions indicated that I was a people-pleasing person. Uh, I wanted somehow for people to be uh, to see me and be impressed by the good pastor's kid that I am. Uh, and I would feel really validated and I would feel really happy and satisfied when uh, after I preach or after I lead worship, people come up to me and say, hey, God spoke to me. You did a great job. And I was happy. And on the days when no one texted me or no one came up to me. I would go cry. God, what is happening? Why have, why had thou forsaken me? Right? Uh, because nobody told me a good job on that day. But once I started my, uh, my Bible study, my seminary journey, God took me on a journey in, in reminding me where my identity is. So I slowly moved on from my identity being a pastor's kid to being a servant of God and what God has called me to be. So once I did that, that shift in my identity, my mindset and my intentions in ministry changed drastically. So the kid that had the intention of coming and preaching and leading worship in order to impress people, from that kid, I changed to a person, to the servant of God who came here with the intention that people should be blessed. 
that I should not be a hindrance to what God has in store for the people. That even though I might have flaws in my life, that God is still using me and he has called me. And when I've been faithful to what he has called, that God would use me in blessing those people. So when that became my intention, I became a lot more confident. And also I had this freedom that came with, it is not I that is changing the people. It is not my words that is impacting the people, but it is God who is changing the hearts and minds of men. And he is blessing the people and people's needs are getting met. So a huge burden was taken off of my life. And what happened at the end of it was when 50 people come up to me and say, you did a good job. I say, amen. When nobody comes to me and say, you did a good job. I say, amen, because what I was striving for is to hear the voice of God say, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm here to tell you that your identity has to be rooted in Christ. It cannot be rooted in any material thing because things of this world, things of that are of this world and the natural things, they change. But God, the word of God says, God never changes. His words never change. So you, maybe you're, you're struggling with your identity even today. Uh, you're not sure where uh, your identity is rooted. Maybe your, your identity is rooted in the work that you do. Maybe your identity is rooted in your last name. Maybe your identity is rooted in the amount of money that you have in the bank account. I'm here to tell you, my friend, all those things can change in an instant. But God is reminding you that he knows you. Just like in Nathaniel's life, he was not expecting anything like this uh, of this encounter to go. But he received these words from Jesus and he, his identity on that day was affirmed. I told you the, the first thing I wanted to talk to you today was about that Jesus knew. And when Jesus knew, his identity was affirmed. And even today, uh, a lot of you might be asking the question, can anything good come out of this? to different situations in your life. I want to remind you of one thing. When you take those things to God, when you take, bring those things to Jesus, he's going to remind you that he knows you. He knows your situation. He knows the situation that is making you think hard, the, the situation that is bringing almost fear and doubts in your life. And he's reminding you that my son, my daughter, I know. That he knows you. That he knows the deepest things of your heart. He knows the deepest desires of your heart. And when you understand the fact that God that created the heavens and the, the almighty God that he knows you, you, your identity in him is going to be rooted. Your identity is going to be rooted in the word of God. Your identity is going to be rooted in everything that God says about you and not what man has spoken over you. Your identity is going to be rooted in everything that God has spoken over your life. We see in order for our actions and everything that we do externally to change, it has to start from the identity. My prayer today is that for you to realize that Jesus knows. He knows you. And us, there, there's a sense of confidence and strength that comes with understanding that God knows you. I'm here to remind you again and again that Jesus, he knows. And when you realize that, your identity in your life is going to be affirmed and it's going to be made solid by God. Maybe you are uh, having certain roles that you're taking up, roles of leadership uh, as, as, the, as the man, as the leader of the house, uh, or just leading companies, leading businesses. Maybe you're, you're struggling with that. I pray that God speaks his sense of identity over your life, that you are able to own these and understand that it is not I, but God who has given you this identity. And since I am a son, I am a daughter of God, that I'm able to do these things exceedingly, abundantly above what I can think and what God has in store for my life. Just like we see in the life of Nathaniel, 
when Jesus knew him, his identity was affirmed. I'm here to remind you that God knows you. Jesus knows you. And he is waiting to affirm your identity. Secondly, we'll see uh, John chapter 1, verse 48. It says, Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. First thing I told you was Jesus knew. Here we see Jesus saying, I saw you. So the second thing, if you want to write that down, Jesus saw. Jesus saw Nathaniel. And something happened when Jesus saw. It is possible that Nathaniel liked to pray and meditate on God's word under the shade of the fig tree. And the reason being, under the fig tree was a phrase that rabbis in Bible times used to describe the meditation of scriptures. We can use, uh, we can suppose that Nathaniel spent time in prayer and in meditating on the scriptures. And Jesus told him, when you were doing that, I saw you. A lot of times people want to be seen. A lot of times we lose a sense of hope when we are not seen and recognized. I'm here to tell you that no matter what you're going through, what, uh, what type of uh, situation that people might have put you in, I'm here to tell you that God has seen you. He has seen the situation that you're going through. He's seen the struggles that you have withstood. He's seen the, the, the sacrifices you've made. He's seen everything that you're going through in your life. Here we see uh, Jesus telling Nathaniel that he saw him under the fig tree. In Bible times, under the fig tree meant people were meditating on God's word and, and spending time in prayer. So Jesus saw Nathaniel during his devotional time. The fig tree experience denotes personal and intimate time with God. So, I, so here's what I get from this. I feel like Nathaniel in his life did spend time with God. He had his own devotional times, but also had unanswered prayers and questions and uh, not so satisfied devotional life. Here's why. He was faithful in his devotion. He was, uh, Jesus saw him being faithful in his devotion, but Nathaniel did not have the faith to believe that the Messiah was here from Nazareth. So we see his question. He was, he was true to his devotion. He was, he was uh, following his intimate time with God, but still lacked the faith to trust and, and believe the words of Philip when he said, the one we've waited for, the one from the, the laws of Moses, the Jesus of Nazareth, he's here. He was like, can anything good come out of Nazareth? He still lacked the faith to believe before he could actually see. A lot of times we have a devotional life, but I'm here. I have a question. Is it strong enough to activate our faith in believing something that God shows us that we haven't seen yet? I pray that by this, by, by taking our things to God and understanding that God has seen us, that he will build our faith in trusting and believing him for the things that he has in store for our lives. Christ saw Nathaniel in secret and I feel like he is rewarding him in public. God has seen the secret tears. God has seen the prayers of your secret place. God has seen the, the cries and the questions and the uncertainties and the words that you barely utter in your tears to God in your secret. And there will come a time where God has said, I saw you. I see you. 
I see what you are doing. I see the sacrifices that you are making. I see the faithfulness that you have when nobody else is seeing. I see the integrity that you have in following Christ. I see the zeal that you carry in, in following God. And God will surely uh, reward you in public. Verse 48 says this. Jesus said, before Philip called you, I saw you. It's very interesting to me because according to Nathaniel, Nathaniel's introduction to Jesus was through Philip. Uh, this was back in the day. So Jesus had not followed him on Instagram. Uh, Nathaniel had not stalked Jesus on any social media. So according to Nathaniel, the only introduction and interaction and encounter that he has with Jesus was through Philip when Philip introduced him to Jesus. Jesus saw him before he even heard about Jesus being the Messiah. A lot of times we think that when we made the decision to follow Jesus, that's when he started seeing us, started caring about us and started loving us. I'm here to remind some of you that before you were even formed in your mother's womb, before even the foundations of this world, my God, he saw you. He knew that you are going to be born. He knew that you were going to face certain things. And he also knew that you're going to be called by his purpose. He also knew that you had a purpose and he knew that he is going to place his plans and purpose in your life. And he's seeing you and he is willing to change his situation. In Genesis 16, uh, we see the life of Hagar. Uh, 16 verse 13 says, Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees. For she said, have I also here seen him who sees me? Hagar's hopeless situation was changed when God saw her. My God is a God who is just, who is righteous, but he's also loving and merciful. Um, a lot of times humans cannot understand that balance because we are human. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. God, he is a being that is above us. So he is just, he is righteous, and also loving and merciful at the same time. So the God, the merciful God that I know, who's seeing your situation, is not going to remain quiet. Is not going to remain silent. He is able to change your situation. The second thing that I'm, I'm talking to you to, about today is that Jesus saw, and what happened in Nathaniel's life was, was his situation changed. I'm here to tell you that he, Jesus knew you, and he's affirmed your identity. Not just that, he has seen you, and he is able and willing to change any situation that you are going through. He sees you. When, this, when his situation changed, when Nathaniel's situation changed, the revelation of God came to him. Let me prove that to you. We see a difference in verse 46 and 49. So we saw in verse 46 what Nathaniel said. He said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Here's the difference. In verse 49, he says, Nathaniel answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. These, these are two drastic ends. At, at one point when he heard about Jesus, Nathaniel says, can anything good come out of this place? And then he encountered Jesus. He knew that Jesus knew him. He understood that Jesus saw him and Jesus changed his situation. And when his situation changed, revelation came upon his life. And he's saying, some of the deepest revelations anyone in Jesus' time about Jesus has ever had. He says, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. I believe when we understand that God sees us, when Jesus sees us, our situations will change. And when that happens, our, the revelation of who God is would be birthed in our lives. No matter what situation you are going through, 
maybe situations of doubts, situations of uncertainty, situation where you are in a place to make some important decisions for you and your family. I'm here to tell you that you have a God who sees you. And he's not a God who sees you and remains silent. He's a God who sees you. A lot of times humans see us, they want to help us, but they're not able. But my God, he's willing and he's able. In Jesus' name, I'm, I'm here to declare that God sees you and he's willing to do exceedingly abundantly all we could ask or think according to his purpose in your life. Jesus, he sees you and he's able to change the situation. We're going to see one final thing. John chapter 1, verses 50 and 51 it says, Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. First, we saw that Jesus knew and his identity was affirmed. Jesus saw his situation changed. Finally, I'm here to tell you that Jesus answered. The verse 50 starts off like this. It says, Jesus answered and said to him, Jesus answered. If you've, if you've not followed, Nathaniel has a lot of questions. He keeps asking questions after questions. And Jesus said, I have answers for you. So Jesus, he answered. And even in our lives, we have questions after questions. I'm here to tell you that Jesus has the answer for your lives. Um, the, the One of the things that caught my attention, God says, Jesus says, you will see greater things than these. Greater things. I see a shift in Nathaniel's spiritual life. He's, he moves from a place of disbelief to, into receiving a powerful promise from God. In the beginning, he was questioning everything about this man that Philip was talking about. And then he had this huge revelation from God. And now he's receiving a promise. Jesus says, I say to you hereafter, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. He moves from a place of doubt and disbelief to receiving a powerful promise from Jesus. And I pray that our lives would be the same, even though we have been in place of doubt and disbelief, even though we've been in places of uncertainties about what God can do in our lives. God is about to shift our spiritual atmosphere and he's going to take us to where we can receive powerful promises from God. Nathaniel had just spent a few minutes with Jesus and he was in awe and he was amazed at the person of Jesus. So Jesus finally says to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, you believe you will see greater things than these. Nathaniel was amazed by what little he had experienced. But Jesus said, what you've seen so far is nothing compared to what is in store. That is a word for you, my friend. What you've seen so far is nothing compared to what is coming in your life. What God has in store for your life. God has brought you through 2020. Yes, it's a great miracle. But I'm here to tell you that he is able to do bigger things in your life. What you have seen is nothing compared to what God is about to bring in your life. This is the word of promise for some of you. God is saying greater things you shall see when you believe in Jesus. What Jesus was doing here was he was elevating the expectation that Nathaniel had with the encounter of with Jesus. 
So Nathaniel, when he was met Jesus, his expectation was pretty low. Jesus said, no, no, no. This is not where your expectation should be. I'm about to lift your expectation. A lot of times, uh, I saw this in my life and a lot of people that I know. In 2020, when we began, we received promises from God. We said, God, this year is going to be great. 2020 vision, clear, all those things. And March hit and uh, some uncertain things, things beyond our control, uh, things that we cannot predict happen. And then when we move on to a new season, we we negotiate with God a lot of times. We say, God, uh, I don't want to get my hopes up. I know you've promised some things in my life, but I understand if you can't fulfill them. Because I understand the situation. I understand that there's a pandemic going on. God is not looking for our discounts. God is not looking for our lower expectations. God says he fulfills every promise that he has made. Uh, we see in First Kings that God says every word, that every promise that he made with his mouth, that he was able to fulfill with his hands. The word of God says he is not a man that he should lie, nor he is a son of man that he should falsely prophesy. So everything that God has said about your life and to your life will come to pass at the right time when we believe in God. Everything that God has promised in your life will surely come to pass. It is not a time where we lower our expectations, but it's the opposite. This is the time where we, we increase our expectations in believing and putting our trust in Jesus. Not leaning on our own strength, but putting our trust in Jesus. Certain adventures that you're looking forward to, it is impossible by human standards. I'm here to tell you that God is a God of supernatural. So now is the time for you to trust God and expect and lift up your expectations of what God is about to do in your life. What is your expectation for your future? God is able to deliver and fulfill everything that he has promised for your life. Have you known Christ as the word? He is more. He's both spirit and he's life. Has he become flesh? You shall also behold him with the glorified, with all glory before the world. Have you known him as Alpha, the beginner? You will know him as the Omega, the completer of everything. Have you met John? You shall also meet one greater. Do you know the baptism by water? You shall also be baptized by fire. Have you beheld the lamb on the cross? You shall behold him in the midst of the clouds in his throne. God, Jesus was not just uh, born a baby born in a manger, but he is the ruling king and he is in reigning over us. God is faithful to fulfill everything that he has promised in our lives. We see Jesus answered and what happened was Nathaniel's future was secured. And even today, I'm telling you, when as you are moving on to a new season, that lift up and increase your expectations of what God is about to do in your life. Because there's no need for us to negotiate and try to understand and give God the discounts of God. I understand if you can't fulfill. No, my God is able to fulfill everything that he has promised. As you look forward to new things in your life, new seasons, walk with the confidence that the God who has led you thus far is faithful to lead you until the day of Christ. God is able to secure your future. I'm talking to someone today, even in your life, you're, you are afraid about your future, of what is to come because of what you have seen. You are afraid of what your family is going to face because of the generations past that you've seen. I'm here to tell you that my God, he's the same yesterday, today, 
and forever. If he has been faithful to you in this season, he is going to be faithful to you in the next season to come. If he has been faithful in your generation, he is absolutely going to be faithful in the generations to come. His words are yes and amen. He's not a God who's going to forsake us halfway, but he's a God who is able to complete everything that he has begun in our lives. Nathaniel received an answer from Jesus and also a promise and his future was secured. And I believe that you today are going to receive answers from God, answers from God and revelations about his goodness and that your future and your family's future will be secure in what God has in store for you. Let's close our eyes and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful time that you've given us in your presence. We thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. As we saw today, that one encounter of a few minutes, a few interactions with you changed the course of Nathaniel's life. We pray that that would be the experience in our lives, God. And every questions, every doubts that we carried, that we would bring those to your presence. We bring those to your feet, oh God, that you would speak over us and alter everything that we are looking forward to, oh Jesus. Even as in Nathaniel's life, you knew him. Jesus knew him and his identity was affirmed in Christ. You saw him, oh God, and his situation changed. And by, because his situation had changed, a revelation about who God is was birthed in his life. And in the same way, oh God, just like you answered and his future was secured, even now, Every question that we carry, every uncertainty that we have, every doubt that we carry, oh God, may your words come forth in answering everything that we are going through. God, we thank you that you are a God who sees us and you are a God who does not remain silent, but who comes forth into our situation to change our situations and to bring revelations about how powerful and how big and how wonderful you are. I'm praying for every family that is joining us today, oh God, that you would pronounce a blessing over their life. I pray a, a hedge of protection around every family, Jesus, uh, against the pandemic and the disease that is going on, that you be protected in Jesus' name. And in the days to come and in the seasons to come, that your word will remain the same, oh God. We thank you that you are leading us, the God who has led us thus far. You are faithful to lead us till the end. And to everyone who has the question of, can anything good come out of the situation that they're facing? God, speak to them that their identity would be affirmed. Speak to them that their situations would be changed. Speak to them, O Master, that their futures will be secured. And the answer that we receive would change our lives and our callings forever. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.